in a world where Super Nintendo cartridges have lives. One man and his friend will perform the ultimate interview. This is the Backlog Breakdown. That was so intense, dude. <laughs> so intense. Well, thank you. Thank you. That's that's generally how I am. That's just my personality coming out in front of the microphone. I am a very intense person, Nate. Yeah, I and I appreciate that about you, Josh. It sort of offsets my uh not so intenseness. <laughs> what, well, there you what, go. It, what is the opposite of intensity? Because that is not the hmm. thing that I am. Hmm. Uh, I just I spoke in some double negatives there. See if you can pick it up, people. Hey, uh, anyways, we're back for another episode of the Backlog Breakdown, and this is the big Chrono Trigger one, and I'm super mm. excited about it, Josh. How about you, man? Oh, I, I can't even contain my excitement because, especially what we have planned for today. I mean, it it was just out of the blue that you were able to get a special guest on, dude. And- um, it's I, I mean, I know we gave a little bit of a spoiler, but it's super cool, people. Uh, through the magic of the internet. We actually uh, are able, are going, we're able to interview a real uh, Super Nintendo Chrono Trigger cartridge. Um, I don't know how to explain it other than the magic of the internet. But before we dive into that, I feel like we do need to sort of like at least handle like a little bit of housekeeping slash backlog report stuff. So, how have you been, Josh? Oh, I've been good. I've been good. I had a week off of school, which was pretty nice. I was able to knock out some some more games. Still trudging along with Octopath Traveler, which is still fantastic. I've put in like 63 hours at this point, and uh, there's still a bunch left. There, there's the last chapter of every single character that I need to finish out, and then Holy there's all moly. the extra content. So um, it's good. I'm loving it. Oh, hold on. I, I think our yeah. guest is here. Oh, oh, Hello. Hey, how you doing? Hey, I, uh, man, I'm so excited that you're dude, able to join us here. I'm really not sure where the sound is coming from because you are literally a Super Nintendo cartridge. This is bizarre. How are, like, it's just witch magic, right? It's, it's mean, just like wizard magic. Something like that, yeah. I, I don't really know how they make me, but, you know, you don't really question your creator, right? So... Uh, I I don't know if this is um, too personal of a question, so it's, it's okay. I mean, you don't don't feel like you're obligated to answer. D- did you have your ROM dumped? Like, were you on the internet, or or are you you're still on the cart? You're still <sighs> yeah, still on the cartridge. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm the OG, my friend. Okay, well, awesome. That's great. And okay, from what from what I've heard, um, so your Super Nintendo cartridge, your name is John. Uh, I'm Chrono Trigger, the Super Nintendo cartridge. So yeah, that's that's my name. Oh, okay, okay. That's, that's a little that's a little wordy. Uh, can we call you something else, like John? <laughs> yeah, I guess I I guess sure. It just I might not answer that immediately, you know, because that's not what usually people call me. But sure, go for it. I mean, we could call you CT. CT CT actually would be be better. Yeah. I, I just, when I talked to your agent, when I talked to your agent, he said that you like to be called John. So you might want to talk to your agent about that. It sounds like, uh, you know, the, the information is, 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 uh, yeah. I don't know if he's talking about maybe a different Super Nintendo cartridge that he represents, but uh, anyways. Is, is your agent's name John? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, coincidentally, oh. <laughs> that oh. might be the confusion, you know? Okay. So, oh well, okay. okay. Maybe maybe the confusion was on um, was maybe, mine. I mean, you guys are new at this interviewing thing, so I'll, it's all right. Well, you, you're not entirely wrong there. Anyways, so <laughs> you're, we're we're recording a podcast, and the the sort of the preamble here is I ask John or uh, Josh how he's doing. Uh, I'm super nervous. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I have I'm that just, effect on people. So it's I'm okay. I'm a huge fan, I and I just yeah. Um, but I usually it's just okay. Josh and I sort of. We, we sort of chit-chat, we, we sort of catch up on our weeks, because we record this every couple of weeks, um, and then we do a part where we call yeah. the Backlog Report, where we talk about the games we've been playing, uh, we've been playing, and the books we've been reading, and, and some of that stuff. Um, you know, you, you walked in when, when Josh was 
talking. So, uh, Josh, how about you, you finish up or, you know, keep going if I didn't totally derail you. And, and then we can ask our guest how he's doing. And, you know, I, that I, again, me. Yeah, I'm, go for it. I'm, I'm just sorry. Uh, like, I'm, I'm, I'll, 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 I'll regain my composure here in a couple of minutes. I'm just, I'm a little, little starstruck, a little starstruck. So. Yeah, we're both we're both huge fans, CT. Like, I mean, the, the, well, I, I, we don't have to get into it right now, but except to say that, uh, like I was I was mentioning, uh, I, I'm not sure if you caught the beginning of that, um, but I have been playing Octopath Traveler. I don't know how much you keep up on on video games now. I mean, I don't know if video games play other video games, but I mean, I'm in a box most of the time, so oh, yeah, oh, okay, so you okay. Well, um, anyways, uh, I'll just say that you're an inspiration and I have been playing, um, similar types of games, um, ever since, man, I, I have so many questions, but okay. So let's just go ahead and, and shoot through this real quick. So, um, Nate, you asked how I was doing. I've been doing great. I, having the week off in between classes has been really nice to kind of catch up on some stuff. And then also just to have, uh, some free time to myself, um, have spent a good chunk of that playing video games. So started playing through the um, Metal Slug anthology because it fits both our um, hashtag backlog busters current. Um, for these two months, we're playing through games from the 90s. So Metal Slug hits uh, checks that mark there as well as our backlog golf. Um, there's some pretty, pretty easy points that I can take for beating uh, an old arcade game. So uh, I've played through the first three entries in the series, although technically the third is just kind of a remake of the second with some extra added stuff, but it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so so that's what I've been playing. What have I been reading? I read a book on sleep, which was pretty interesting. It's called hmm. Why We Sleep. Um, I, I, it was actually at the recommendation of my cousin over Christmas break. I was talking with him, and I was talking about... Um, just kind of my sleep pattern. He's he's um, going to school for for nursing, and so we were talking about you know it just kind of happened to talk about sleep in general, or, you know, health and then sleep. And uh, he recommended this book, and it's been it's it's really interesting. Um, it's kind of I don't I don't want to overplay it, but it's kind of shocking in what he talks about. Like basically, if you're not getting enough sleep then you have um, you're at much higher risk for every kind of disease out there ever huh. um <laughs> i never sleep so yeah, i was i was actually going to ask you uh, you know do you sleep do you, are are you familiar with the concept of sleep ct uh nope i'm a video game cartridge nope oh, oh, oh okay um well, well, Josh, the book sounds interesting to me. Maybe you can shoot me a link to that later on, and I can pick it up. Because we sure. do, we, I, you know, we were going to talk about uh, a theology of sleep in video games at some point in time. Mm -hmm. So, all right, let's see. Uh, uh, I finally did uh, wrap up my playthrough of uh, Chrono Trigger on DS. Yes. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it's, <sighs> yeah, it's it's really good. Uh, you know. It's it's there's a reason it's a classic, uh, it, mm -hmm. but um, you know I I I I hope you don't mind CT that I I played on a DS port version. No, it, it's fine. I, that's one of the only good ones. So, well, you know, they, they, I I tend to think so too. I mean, but um, uh, but then I also uh, beat Pyre recently, uh, the campaign for Pyre, uh, which mm -hmm. is basically like uh. Uh, fantasy NBA Jam sort of weird. This sort of strategic game. I'm not really sure how to to, to categorize it, but it, it's fun. It, it I might go through and play it again. Like the 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 strongest thing, like the the strongest sort of like selling point in that game. I mean, like the gameplay hook is good, and like once you sort of open up and get to know some of the characters, that's all pretty good too. But uh, but like the the real like the music in that game is phenomenal. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm trying to think, is, is it Darren? Uh, it's the same. The, it's the guy who's written the music for Bastion, uh, Bastion, uh, Transistor, and then now Pyre. Uh, he does all of Super Giants music, and uh, nice. I would say Darren Korb, but I'm not yeah, 100 on that. Okay, according to Google and Wikipedia, that's it. 
Sweet. This is why we have Google. Is, uh, <laughs> apparently, I just don't know as much as I used to. Um, so played that. Uh, just still sort of getting caught up on uh, some reading stuff. I haven't really made any headway, significant headway. It's just sort of been playing catch up, which is just, yeah, frustrating. I do. Uh, there was a, a chart uh, that I got in Sunday school sort of talking about poverty laws in the Old Testament and the parallels in regards to mercy ministries and stuff. Uh, well, you know, uh, one of the things is that, so part of the, the diaconate training that I actually have to undergo for church, one of, we're, we're actually doing, we're auditing a, uh, an RPTS course on mercy ministries. And so, like this is this like a ten week, ten session program or whatever. And so that was the first one. And there's just interesting resources, really cool. If I think to, I'll shoot you a picture or whatever of, uh, or maybe I'll just I'll just post it in the Facebook group. The the reading sort of showing how like the uh, the poverty laws in the Old Testament and just sort of like the the basically the mercy ministry sort of code and how it was established in the Old Testament and how it rings out through the law and then through the prophets, through the Acts and Epistles, and then on to Revelation, um, I think. Well, you know, throughout the Old, New, old and New Testaments. But uh, other than that... It's cool. Yeah, it, I, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> but, you know, we, we, only, we only have CT here for a little bit um, because our, our budget almost non-existently... I had to empty out my savings account. Don't tell my wife. She's going to kill me um, because, you know, yeah, she's she's going to kill me. But I, I couldn't pass this up. I mean, yeah, like, especially like when you told me you found uh, you found him. Like, I, I was amazed because Chrono Trigger cartridges are hard enough to come by as is. Um, especially this one. So, yeah, exactly. One that we could actually interview is... Well, I'm just talking Chrono Trigger in general, but a talking Chrono Trigger cartridge, that's kind of a, I, I'm like the fact that like I could pay somebody to talk to this Chrono Trigger. Hey man, one of a kind, baby. One of a kind. Uh, I was, I was going to ask CT, do you, do you talk with other cartridges often or is is that like a a regular thing? I, I wasn't in on the whole talking with the your agent and no yeah no i mean i'm pretty much one of kind it's uh okay yeah this isn't normal so you know awesome well i'm so glad to have you here man um thank you i guess if you have anything uh you know you don't have to but we've been talking about you know what we've been up to lately is there anything uh that you want to share with all of our listeners out there that that you've been doing yeah sure um so uh, my band, the Radical Dreamers, we were, we're producing uh, another album that's going to be released oh. shortly. And uh, yeah, we're I'm really excited about talking about that with you guys and just kind of sharing, you know, uh, what kind of went into that. And and uh, yeah, it's I'm really looking forward to it. It's exciting, man. Exciting time. Exciting time. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm glad you're you're staying busy because yeah, yeah, <laughs> you ain't kidding. Uh, that box gets really boring, and really lonely. Yeah. Do, so you but you still have the box like like you're oh yeah do, do you have an owner is that i mean yeah yeah we don't okay. really talk much okay um, and that's clearly his does, fault and do, his loss does does he play you often uh <laughs> no not at all no ha- has he played you oh a long time ago <clears throat> okay okay so was he the 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 first guy who bought you? Like, or is this like a second owner or a third owner, or, or how would? Oh you no, know? I mean, um, yeah, first, first and only uh, owner, and that's uh, I know that's kind of a rarity among my kind. Um, yeah, wow, <coughs> that that is that People, is we get, we get passed around a lot, and it's disheartening, uncanny. To be honest. But no, oh, just uh, but I don't know what's worse is that or you know collecting dust. You know, that's kind of where I'm at. So. Well, I mean, it, like you say, it sounds like you're you're, you're staying kind of busy. So I yeah. I don't know. That probably shakes some of the dust off. Yeah, I, I gotta find ways to pass the time, you know, and put my emotions into words, you know, into my feelings into lyrics. And it's my passion. So, well, 
Um, if if it's okay with you, we we kind of like to maybe talk about your your origins, like sort of a a a, a biography of sorts. You know, your your pedigree, so to speak. Um, you know, like for fans, for people who know you, we know. Like, I mean, like a lot of us are aware of the fact that, um, well, you you were sort of an anomaly uh back in the 90s i think i think you were... i don't want to talk about the 90s I, I didn't come on here to talk about the 90s um oh, oh, oh well i mean not not at all i like, mean i'm sorry i just I've, I've said it all that i need to say about the 90s you got wikipedia you got google I really, I just don't want to talk about the nineties. I'm I just, I mean, it's a really sore topic for me. And <sighs> I mean, okay. Well, I mean, how about the fact that, can we talk about like your development team? Like the, the your creators, so to speak, or maybe your, your fathers, um, you know, how, how, how do you like look at, um, men like Akira Toriyama, and uh, let me just sort of pull up the list here because I'm, I'm uh, so you know Akira Toriyama was was the lead artist. You know he he did all the sprite work and all all the art assets. Uh, Hironobu Sakaguchi, you know, Final Fantasy fame, was uh, your designer. Let's see here, uh, Masato uh, Kado Arcado uh, Takashi Takeda. I, I'm probably butchering these names. I hope I'm not, but yeah, uh, you are. But it's okay. Yoshinori Katase, um, Yuji Hori. Um, those are the 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 writers, um, and then uh, you know uh, Yasunori Mitsuda. And, can, we, can we just talk about my my album? I, that's kind of why well, I thought I was coming I, on here. I mean, like I guess I guess since you're a musician, though, would you yeah, say yeah. that like the 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 strands here, like Nobuo Umatsu and uh, would you would you say that his and Matsuda's influences are present in your own music? I mean, yeah, negatively, maybe. I don't know. I, well, when you say negatively, uh, like, can you can you can you unpack that for us? Like, I mean, I, I mean, you know, it's just we have. I really don't want to get into this. Uh, all right, fine. You know what? If I'm being honest with you guys, I guess I'll. I'll share a little bit here. You know, it's a little bit mixed, right? I mean, we, yes, they're my creators. They've developed me. They directed me. They produced me and all that. Uh, and they were brilliant. But it's it's a what have you done for me lately world, right, that we live mm. in. And honestly, you know, what have they done for you lately? Um, and to their shame and to their... Um, you know, it's, it's it, this really all it all comes down to the fact that they um, did a lot of good, but their time's up, and they need to really just people need to let this go. Like, so does that make sense. Yeah. Are you are you saying that you were the high point of their careers? Like that you you were sort of the the pinnacle of their <laughs> achievement? I'm the high point of their careers. Uh, absolutely. Uh, uh, all right. Um. Well, I mean, uh, I guess like I for me, I just want to sort of talk about uh, like when I first encountered you, uh, and I know Josh probably has a, a similar story, um, but I mean, I actually never owned an SNES cart. Um, I, I never owned a Super Nintendo. Um, my parents didn't wouldn't allow me to get one, so I I actually emulated th- the game the first time I played it. Um, yeah, and 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 yeah, I know that's not like a a a a pure way to experience um, the game, but uh, you know that really did propel me. Like I I've I've you know since then I've bought pretty much every port there is, some more than a few times. Like I I I own you on every platform. Except for the Super Nintendo no, version. No, no, it's it's not the same thing. I had to stop you right there, man, my friend. It's it's not the same. I, I mean, <sighs> you have me, and then you make a copy of me, 
and then a copy of a copy of a copy. It's not the same thing. Please don't compare me to those lackluster, uh, just terrible copies and ports that clearly had no love put into them whatsoever. And, you know, I know you said you played the DS version and all that. You know, that's great if you like, you know, less than stellar, uh, less than the original. I mean, you know, that's that's fine for you. Good for you. But unless you play the original, unless you use the original, play the original, like, you're not going to get the same experience. I mean, the DS cartridge, I mean, don't even get me started on the DS cartridge. Really? Really? Like, the well, extra endings? Like, really? Well, Just, uh, it's terrible. I, I, I'm, I'm really sorry. Um, Josh, why, why don't you talk about your, your maybe that'll... Well, yeah. So, I mean, I was going to say, if, if it helps out, I did own an original cartridge. Um, Finally, someone. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Wait, hold yeah. on. What do you mean, did? Well... It's um, it's very, it's it's a really sad story, but it got stolen, um, along with some of my other. Right. I mean, Chrono Trigger was definitely the rarest cartridge that I had. Not that it was necessarily rare, but the most valuable. Mm-hmm. And I had a couple RPGs stolen from a stash mm. that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I no longer have it on. I did I did try and order one from eBay, and it turned out that it was a uh, reproduction cart, and so I sent that back. Well, um, finally someone was, who has got some taste. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a whole other story. We don't have to go into here on this podcast. Cause uh, anyways, um, so it, yeah, we, it was, it was me and my brothers. We actually had rented Chrono Trigger originally from the, the video store. We used to go to Hollywood video um, whenever my parents would let us rent video games. And it was one of the first RPGs that I had ever played. I didn't realize like, kind of the critical acclaim i didn't i had no idea about like games journalism or whatever back then like i had my subscription to nintendo power sure um but chrono trigger was i mean it, it i don't know at least in nintendo power it wasn't necessarily covered that much um but we loved it we i mean it probably got we probably rented that game more than any other um at the video store and then when they were selling off all their old super nintendo cartridges we found it for ten dollars and scooped that up. So I had that one. It had. It even had. It still had the the. That's a bargain. Yeah, yeah. The Hollywood Video sticker was still on top of it for as long as as long as I had it. So um, yeah, we played it on the original. I got through all the ending. Well, maybe at least ten of the endings because um, uh, we also ordered the the player's guide the chrono trigger player's guide from the back of the nintendo power catalog because we got stuck at one point and so we we use that to make sure that we got through all the side quests that were in the game and got through like 10 at least 10 of the endings um so we played that game to death i mean my the chrono in our main file was at level star star I don't know if any of the other characters. There might have been one or two other characters that that did also, but we we maxed it out because. All right, all right, all right. I, rec- I recognize the <laughs> the quality here. That's that's good. That's real good. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, you know, I just it just takes me back and remember when I first got unboxed by my mm-hmm. owner. Um, you know, he was he was 15 years old. He had just gotten a Super Nintendo for Christmas when he didn't think he was going to get anything. Uh, and you know, I don't know if your parents ever played the trick on you where, you know, you get a big giant box and you think it's something huge in it and you open it up as a smaller box, oh, yeah. <laughs> a smaller one, a smaller one and inside of that was a super Nintendo. And, uh, then shortly after that, you know, he, I came along, he bought me at a Kmart for $60. Nice. Um, anyways, uh, just reminiscing a little, sorry. Yeah. But no, you know, that's, that, okay. that's where a lot of my emotion comes from, from those moments. And, and so, mm-hmm. I'll be honest, a lot of it also comes from the negative and from what could have been and, and the fact that I've been living in a box for the past 20 years. Mm-hmm. Anyways. It's, it's probably like closer to 24. I mean, you you were you were developed in, in, okay, in 90, okay, 24. 95. Sure, sure, so. 20, 24. Let's, let's go with that. You're probably right. And I mean, uh, and, and arguably, that was like the heyday of Squaresoft and, and Enix. And then you know, you know, well, a few years later when they they merged, it's it's kind of amazing though because you know I I I you know and yes I recognize that my experience was 
a lesser experience. It was not as pure. But you know, the the reality is, uh, you know, and Josh and I were sort of talking off off, off mic here, and it's like, so I, I replayed the the DS version of of the or the DS cart, you know, just and I, I finished it. And within like a day, I was already thinking about coming back and replaying the game again, um, just because. And it, it's it's just uncanny. We, we you just don't get a game of that caliber today. Yeah. Did you know that I was the first game to have a new game plus option? I didn't know that. Um, and the first game to have multiple endings. I think I did know that one. Um, uh, the first see, mul- ever. Yeah. What well, well, what about the active time battle system? Was was that was a that wasn't a first for you? No, but it was no. definitely. But I mean, they revamped it, and I you know they called it act uh, the active, active time, time system battle. 2.0, and you know it, it was an um, absolutely an upgraded version from what they did in Final Fantasy. Uh, you know, <laughs> Final Fantasy. Uh, well, since you're since you're on it, like how how do you feel about like because your closest contemporary was Final Fantasy six. How do I how do I feel well, about Final Fantasy? Yeah, is that what you want to know? My my feelings on Final Fantasy. Sure. I, I yeah, I, I think that they stole my thunder. Is what I think. I mean, let's let's put it this way: How many sequels have I gotten? Hmm. Well, I mean, I mean, how, how many crossovers have I gotten to be in? Cr- Chrono Cross. Am I in Smash Brothers? No. I mean, you got Chrono Cross. I mean, which arguably <laughs> isn't. <laughs> Oh, Chrono Cross. Really? You're going to give me Chrono Cross? Like, I, look, don't get me wrong. Don't be wrong. I love her. She's a great sister. But if I'm really honest, I, I really feel like they could have done so much better. I mean, why do people love me? Yeah. Why did you guys love me? Let's, let's ask. I'm going to ask you that question. I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm going to be interviewing you. Why did you love me? Um. No. Um. Well, I, I mean, for me personally, uh, one of the big hooks was uh, Akira Toriyama, the guy who did all your artwork. That that dude's a beast. And I mean, like, granted, Dragon Ball Z, that series is kind of like, I've mentioned in other podcasts before, I'm an art school dropout. And so the visual hook for me, it usually okay. is pretty good. But like, yeah, I, I would say your sprite, like the, 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 the character sprites in this game and just the the general aesthetic. I mean, yeah. the the characters. Um, I just remember being struck by the cast of characters and the locales, and just like remember looking at this game and even playing it recently, looking at this game and saying, like, man, like this game is is beautiful. This is a gorgeous game, um, and just like how much that 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 pixel art has withstood the test of time. I would say is sort of a testament to the fact that, like, you know. There are a lot of games, you know, and and Josh and I have mentioned, like you know, we've we've talked a little bit, but like the polygonal models that they used on the '64 and, and the systems after that are, they're they're horrible, they're they're garbage, and so I I mean I, I would say like that was sort of like the big thing, but th- then also like the story is is super clean, and it was unlike anything I had played outside yeah. of that. I can, can I share something? Can I share something? Did you know that Yasuhika Kamada? Our, our program, the guy that did the graphics and everything. You know where he actually got the lighting for me? From Ridley Scott's Alien. He watched Alien, and he was so impressed by Alien that the way that they did light and dark and everything in the in the game, in the movie, sorry, that he was so impressed by that, they incorporated aspects of that into, uh, into my game, into me, into the lighting and everything like that. So when you're going through a forest um, and you see just the uh, the less lushness of the forest, like the shadow is moving back, it makes you feel like you're in that forest in a way that other games didn't have. And, and I mean, let's let's put it this way, you know, when I came out, like what games were comparable to me? I mean, nothing. I mean, so you you mentioned graphics, you mentioned sprites and all that, and even the artwork and all that. Uh, the score, and I know Final mm-hmm. Fantasy has a great score to, you know, uh, Nobuo. I mean, uh, yeah, Uematsu he's, he's is a, he's a, he's a legend. I know, but Mitsuda was the one that wrote that score for me, and then Mits- and he got sick, he got hurt, you know, he got ill, and then he uh, had you know Nobu came along and, and picked up the slack and, and finished it. But it's it's Matsuda that got that going, and it, it's his brainchild. So I mean, think about that. Like at this, when you think about the game, the first thing that comes to your mind 
one of the first things at least should be the music, right? It's yeah. that theme song, right? Yeah, it galvanizes you. It just picks you up and carries you into the story, and it gives you the nostalgia you need and you feel you want. And you're like, I need to play that again. That's the mark of a good game. When something like just the music, just the 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 this theme song, that even not even the whole theme song, right? Just parts of the theme song can drag you right back into your childhood in a way that no other uh, no other game can. I mean, listen, you know, Final Fantasy is all well and good. You know, we talked about Chrono Cross a little. You know, don't get me started on Chrono Cross. The story is all convoluted. It, you know, they wanted to introduce so many different things into that, and um. You know, it just it wasn't as good as it could have been. Um, but regardless, you know, um, it's a good game in its own right. But how many people are still talking about Chrono Cross? Well, when they I bring mean, up I best mean, games of all time, we, where's we, Chrono Cross ranked? Well, I mean, we were just talking about it. Not not in that context. But. No, but it's my point, right? Where, uh, when, we, when they rank top RPGs of all time, where's Chrono Trigger usually ranked? Well, I mean, it, you know, I, I think, you know, between Josh and I, we definitely say number one. Or at least okay. should be. I mean, yeah. some Top some five, people might say right? that Final Fantasy VI is is a close contender. Uh, they're wrong, of course. But yeah, it ties. My, with, oh. yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, what were you saying? Oh, I, I was just gonna say it. It, it, it really kind of depends on the day for me between Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger. Yeah, um, both of both of you guys are are just fantastic games for different reasons. Yeah, I, I respect um, six. I respect his work. I, I respect it. I think you did a great job. Um, mm-hmm. But my point is, is that, you know, you go into any form, any list, any top 10, top 20 list, and I am right at the top, if not number one. Yeah. Right? That's generally how it goes. Okay. Chrono Cross is usually, you want to put them top 25 somewhere, maybe top 50, okay. But by and large, when people talk about time travel in a role-playing game, they don't talk about Chrono Cross. They talk about Chrono Trigger. Because not only was it revolutionary in all the ways we just mentioned, but it, we were... You know, I was revolutionary in the simplisticness of time travel, yeah. right? That a kid could open me up and play me and get it. You didn't have to have a degree or be a rocket scientist or you know, understand quantum physics or anything to, to understand what was going on in the story and tie every loose end together. Uh, and then, you know, even with Chrono Cross, the service they did to me, I mean, with my characters like Chrono and Marl and, and Laka, what they they they're in the story barely at all. It's like phantoms. They're not they're not even given anything. There's so much lack of respect there. It just makes me want to vomit. Excuse my language. A little, <laughs> a little. It's a little. Uh, it's, well, I mean, uh, yeah. It, it, we can tell that. I I mean, I can tell that this is is sort of personal for you. I mean, of course, it's personal. So everything's personal. I'm in a box my whole life. So you know, you'd be find everything personal too. But you were me. Well, we, I mean, we do definitely want to, like, I, I hope it helps to say that we really do, like, again, you are absolutely one of our favorite games of all time, if well, not I appreciate our favorite. that. I, and, you know, I wasn't, I didn't want to talk about this. I didn't expect to talk about this, but to be honest, can I be honest, I'm actually glad we're talking about it. I, I feel like, I just, I don't know. I feel like there's a sense of relief, a sense of just, uh, ex- anxiousness coming out of me that just, it feels good to kind of talk with somebody about this and um i I appreciate i appreciate it so thanks okay i'm i'm glad i'm glad it helps um you know we were talking about how just some of the things that we think of you know you had asked what do we think of what is it about you in general that that really makes you stand out and uh you know especially just memories as a kid playing through Chrono Trigger for the first time. And really it's, it's funny. I I don't know if I could have pegged it so well without playing through it again here recently on the DS and how, just how there are so many opportunities for missteps throughout, you know, you talked about the simplicity of time travel and that works in, in a story that is so tight that so could have easily gone off in different directions. And and I agree with you. Like, I think they, I think it was a lot of missteps with Chrono Cross that tried to, to bring kind of a bigger world with alternate um, time traveling ideas that, that kind of just ended up getting everything convoluted as well as, I mean, 
you you've said it in so many words, but I do think it kind of did a disservice to a lot of the characters from Chrono Trigger. Well, you're right, and you know it did a lot of disservice to that. And also, what were the fans wanting? You know, when they when they said they were getting a sequel to Chrono Trigger, what were they wanting? All the things I just mentioned, right? But I think even all about, beyond all that, I bet you, if you were to poll them, the number one thing they wanted was Chrono back for the sequel as the main character. Yeah. I well, think I mean, that's probably he, he, the number one. I mean, to, to be fair to Chrono Cross, he does sort of show up. I mean, uh, we already said, he's a phantom. He's a little kid, and he's like, they basically, I mean, you played the DS version, you know how what ends up happening. You know, they just they just shove him off into a quarter, and and then, and then it's like they leave him to die. It's, it's it's such an anticlimactic ending for one of the greatest role-playing game heroes ever created. And he's a silent protagonist. Well, I, How many I silent mean, protagonists besides like Link can uh, you say that about? All, all of the Dragon Quest protagonists? No, no, come on, come now. No, they're 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 all. I know, no, but you don't you don't think about oh that one Dragon Quest character. He was the one that really was my favorite. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, maybe you do, but we've already established your you know where you stand on these issues. I mean, I I guess. There, there are a lot of things, though, you know, sort of, since we're, we're talking about the, the most recent playthrough and we've sort of, um, you know, I, I would really just, I was, one of the things I was really struck on this playthrough, though, was the way that, so we, we talked about the, the active time or uh, the active time battle system 2.0 or whatever it was. Um, one of the things that really I hadn't really, I hadn't been as aware of is that um it's how actually integral like or how sort of much that that system incorporated the the positions of enemies or your your care your your team in some of those attacks like i knew that there were some like you know uh uh chrono and ayla i think have the the falcon kick or the falcon attack where she throws him across the screen and he attacks everything in that straight line. And then, you know, you've got some of like, I knew there was an element of that there, but then there are some, some characters who have very specific like attack windows that I was like one of Robo's attacks. Um, actually just like, I was sort of just, it's like a little, like just a little bit of a nugget that I sort of latched onto, but it's like, unless the, the enemy is like right up in his personal space, his one attack is absolutely worthless. Now, if they're right up next to him, it's it's a pretty beefy attack. But and I just thought like things like that, like design elements like that. I mean, uh, you know, just you hadn't seen anything else like that. I mean, the the closest thing, uh, I you know, I know that you don't really play anything uh, from the sounds of it. It just sort of sounds like you, you hang out in your box. But uh, there was a a, a game recently that, that came out um by from square enix there's a studio uh that was it tokyo game studio did i am satsuna and lost sphere and all that yeah game factory yeah game factory that's what it is but i am satsuna there was a lot of sort of that that positioning and sort of like in a lot of ways it was sort of very a lot of people heralded it as sort of being very yeah. much in the, in the in the vein of of you i i yeah. respect i respect i am satsuna um, but I really wish they would just call it, I am too short, <laughs> uh, because it's, it's, it, you know, listen, you can get through Chrono Trigger fairly fast if you're just rushing through it, right? Yeah, my playthrough, um, my playthrough this time was under 30 hours. So, right. but I know where I everything's it. at. So, I mean, it's sort of, and a- you know, I am Setsuna. I've heard so many great things about it. And, uh, you know, the score was good. Uh, the, the vibe, the atmosphere, uh, was just very very well done, but they already they only had really one theme throughout it, right? It was very melancholic throughout the whole thing. Well, uh, that was the sort of in the name. Uh, I mean, I am Setsuna. Actually, I think means sort of melancholy. Like I am melancholy. Like Setsuna yeah, is an. It's, it's okay. It's but who wants to? Uh, that's fine. I get it. So you go in there with that expectation. Maybe most people probably didn't necessarily, but. When you're playing a game, you don't want to just be stuck in a depressed state of mind the whole time you're playing it, right? No. I mean, maybe some people do. Well, I mean, um, not you every- want victory. You want you want joy and 
you know, flying through time in the epoch, the winds of time, that kind of thing, you know. And but not everybody can have the high notes and the like. I mean, like there are so many moments in in you that are just absolutely phenomenal. That I mean, you, you just you, you can't have all of that all the time. I mean, I, I know well, for no, me, because not everyone can be number one. Let's be honest, right? Uh, well, you, 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 yeah, you're not wrong, but I mean, I think too, like there, there's, there's maybe a depth here that we can, you know, we can sort of say like, you know, like I am Setsuna is not a contender on the list for like uh, number one greatest RPG of all time. I mean, it, just it was a good step forward is my point. I think and that's, in that, you know, from all the terrible ports I've seen of me and then other games kind of taking things that I've done and trying to improve upon it and whatever. Uh, I am Setsuna. Uh, you know, it was a good start, I think. And I hope that they build on that. I hope it doesn't, you know, um, just kind of get lost in, in, in time. No pun intended. Uh, but you know, it, it just, that's, that's kind of, you know, what we've seen so far though, right? Is that Chrono Trigger gets all this, these accolades of, oh, you know, people reminisce, but how many kids do you know that actually know what even Chrono Trigger is? How many, how many teenagers can you say, well, yeah, well, we, we played Chrono Trigger or we know all about it, right? Most most of them don't. Well, I, I mean, like, I mean, obviously Josh's kids are, are going to be exposed <laughs> to it. That's because um, he's a good father. That's it, why. It, well, he, he's, he's an excellent father. I mean, um, but, and if I had children, you know, I definitely would pass that on to them as well. I mean, Not it's, the DS def- version, it's definitely hopefully. something that I'll be passing on to, to nieces and nephews uh, for sure. Um, but Josh, I mean, in this most recent playthroughs, you know, like what what were some of like what were some of your favorite moments? And 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 even like CT, I'll open up this question. Like, you know, when you think about the the gameplay, like what do you what are you some of your favorite moments? Like in just in the story, and 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 I know that there like there are a lot of things where we could talk about features like the multiple endings and things like that, and and mm. and in you know. But I'm saying, like, you know, just as far as like narrative moments in the game, um, if you had to pick like a like a top three narrative, or just like just like maybe just say like your your favorite narrative moment, or, or just like in, in the game, um, what uh, CT? Let's start with you. Like, what would be your like when when you think about the game that sort of you encapsulate? What is your your standout favorite moment? in that you know there are so many like you said that just kind of I, I could choose from a number of them i mean you know you could go with um you finding out that magus is the prophet right and you finding out who he really is uh and that him and janice are the same person um and how that adds such a different spin on who you think magus is initially because all you hear about initially is that he's this evil sorcerer who's controlling monsters and he wants to take over, supposedly take over the, you know, Guardia and everything. Um, and then when you find out deeper on that, he's got this backstory that he's got a complete under, he's got a lot of pent up anger and rage. You could go with that. I mean, um, you could go with, um, I, I don't know, Robo's backstory, for example, um, mm-hmm. just his creation. And there's another game. I mean, when you talk about AI, like how many games were in, were talking about synthetics, like the, the whole post-apocalyptic um, world of AIs and humans living together and meshing together, and what that does, and how that interacts, and what that looks like. Exploring that realm, um, how Robo interacts with his, you know, um, his fellow robots, AI robots who disown him because he's with humans. Um, and I, I don't know. You could go with all that. I think though. If I have to think of the, the most one of the most deciding just uh, just defining moments for me is when you have to make a choice between whether you're going to side with Magus or you're going to side with Frog. Mm. That mm. to me was the epitome because you've already found out Magus's backstory, how he's not he's not a good guy by any stretch of the imagination. But I don't know about you, but my owner was really torn on that. Not to mention he's got some really sweet skills. <laughs> if you uh, add him as a, a sixty yeah. uh, instead of the player playable character, but that th- there's a tension there of like, do you go with Frog and get his revenge, it, it, or do you take Magus aside because of the overarching issue? Because while Frog's issue is important, it's just 
a minor blip on the radar of, you know, the bigger issue, which is Lavos, right? And dealing with that. And so the, the player is met with this decision of, okay, do I get this so-called justice or revenge on frog killing, you know, or uh, on, you know, on the man who killed Cyrus, frog's best friend? Um, or do I, you know, put that aside in, in light of the bigger issue and getting someone to come help me in my quest to stop, to, to stop Lavos. Well, so yeah. and even in that moment though, too, like you could even sort of, I think, make the argument that by allowing Frog to sort of fulfill his vengeance, you are actually corrupting his character and you're actually not helping him. You know, yes, he's, he's, I mean, like, you know, right. CT, right. like we're, you know, Josh and I are both, both, both Christians and so, you know, you know, uh, we, we tend to have a fairly firm grip there. But like, you know, that are, uh, we, we have sort of positions in, in regards to vengeance, um, right. you know, mostly that the Lord says it's his. Um, but, you know, the reality is like if you let Frog, you know, kill Magus, like it doesn't change the fact that Magus is a total creep. But, you know, like if it's almost sort of like a Luke Skywalker moment. Like if you if if you allow Frog to sort of like go down the dark side, you're 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 not only like sort of like diminishing your own ability to com- to to combat the the greater evil, but you're also sort of you're yeah you're you're sort of staining Frog's character. Well, um, you know it, you're right. I would say this though: when you meet Frog, um, you find out his backstory later about you know that he's Glenn, and and you find out what he was like. But his whole story is wrapped up in his obsession with killing Magus and getting vengeance on for Cyrus's death, um, and it's all tied up in his understanding of what a knight is, his code of honor, and feeling like his honor has been tarnished, which is why you go get the medal of honor, right? The medal, right? The hero's uh, badge. The yeah. hero's medal, right? Because he initially just gives it up, right? And he says, "I can't do anything. I'm useless." And you find the Mazamun sword for him. You give him to him, then you give him the hero badge as well, and he just he realizes there's something here that's destiny, if you want to call it, or whatever is is aligning in such a way that he feels like he will be able to complete his goal um, if he goes along with the, the, the party, right? Um, but I do agree with you in the overall worldview scheme of things that you know is Frog really going to receive any kind of solace from killing Magus, or is it just going to make him like what does he have left to live for, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Josh, yeah. Josh, like what standout moment for you? So, um, I do just want to kind of interject real quick, just with just because I think a lot of what we've talked about already um, comes into play here. Like how you were talking about CT, I am Setsuna, and how it it really hits kind of one note throughout the entire game. I haven't played it, so I don't know particularly. Um, I don't have personal experience with it. But something that I think you do really well is that you have um, such an emotional uh, range of of different things that go on. Like pretty much everything in 65 million BC is comedy, um, except for maybe at the very end at the destruction of the reptites, you know, and, and you're like, and Azal is there and, and, He's like, well, just take care of the earth, you know, kind of a thing, even though he's been a total jerk the entire time. Um, but I think there's a range of, like, I, I get a lot of Dragon Quest-y vibes, you know, Yuji Horii's, um, I think his his influence can be felt there, probably some Akira Toriyama as well. But then there are a lot of elements, like you talked about, how um, it's it you get this very um, heroic, kind of courageous uh feeling through a lot of of the game i don't know i can't think of one um specific moment in particular but man when chrono unsheaths his sword like you just hear that chink and then the music starts playing and i just it's just you just get so much um uh it just fills you with a sense of i'm gonna do this i'm gonna win like this is for the good of mankind and I'm going to press on through. Can I, can I interject something real quick? Yeah. Because I wanted to add on, on light of that, one of my favorite scenes in the whole game 
is when you're fighting the dragon tank and you beat the dragon tank. Oh Kodo yeah. Takes his sword and like so plunges good. it into the dragon tank, and it's that's just there's that sense there. It just feels really really awesome. Yes. Uh, no, I, I totally get the vibe there you're going with, and that's one of the reasons why I love Chrono so much. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's crazy that he's a that he's a um a silent protagonist because I feel like you get so much he has such character and I mean that in the sense of like virtue um that you really get a sense of his at least his drive to to want to do what's right even though he right. doesn't say anything except for one uh ending um and that then it's kind of squandered but anyways yeah, um, so with that detour out of the way, I, I, the three uh, scenes that kind of come to mind when, when you, and there's so many good, man, yeah, the, the, um, I don't remember, the, the scene on the bridge is so good. Um, so, so one that sticks out to me is the initial fight with Magus. Man. There you go. Absolutely. With his theme playing and you walk into the room, and actually, before the theme plays, it's so good. Yeah. Um, but even before, it's the chanting. You walk into that black room and you just hear the and then fire the blue fire yeah. starts showing up. Did you know that? I was gonna say, did you know? So even before that, there's a couple of other moments, right? When you go to the Mystic Villi- Village in 1080 and you see a statue of him, right? Oh and yeah, the, yeah. There yeah. are the um, I know they call them fiends in the DS version, but the uh, the mystics are chanting around it. Mm-hmm. And then also earlier when you go to the, in the cathedral. Um, in um you know during frog's time period yeah and you find a little obscure little side area with another statue of bagus right and um interesting thing is that so in japan um there was a lot of when they were porting it over to the united states they wanted to be very careful um in what they like when they translated it, of course and then also with how they were going to perceive how, how americans would perceive things because americans in the 90s were very much more um, how do I put it? Just culturally not as accepting of certain things as the Japanese people were. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there were a lot of, because there are so many religious undertones, if the, them chanting to Magus and the statue of Magus, um, that was a little, you know, they had to be really careful with that. Um, mm-hmm. So it was interesting that they still ended up going with that and porting that over. Uh, but there was a lot of concern, even with that, of should this be put into the game or not? Should they take it out? Just because of the fact that there's a lot of, you know, America is very puritanical. Um, the satanic basic, uh, panic. Oh, right. You yeah. know, it's, you know, <laughs> yeah, everything totally. that's having to do with role-playing games, too, is, you know, evil and demonic. I mean, yeah. you know. But, you know, it's just interesting how that ended up working out. But um, yeah, the chanting, for sure, though, that was, you know, you're leading up to that. And it's just... Yeah. You think, it, you think you're about to fight the end boss. Right. right exactly exactly you think like yeah like this is the dude who summons lava so you know um so that moment is just ah it really sticks out to me but i mean there's so many but that was the first that came to mind um of course this is going to be cl- kind of cliche but i'm just going to say it regardless is chrono's death was so it's done so well too um you know they could have made it more i guess melodramatic if they wanted to but you actually see his sprite kind of fade away in lines if that makes sense like it's so artistically done um and then the effect that that has on the characters in the party is really cool too um you know they wanted to make it permanent no i didn't know that yeah they wanted to make it permanent they actually reluctantly decided to to bring it back (laughs) they initially decided they wanted to make it a permanent death and then what would happen later on is you replace him with a younger version. Um, mm-hmm. So the younger version of Chrono is playing with you and like getting revengeance or not, not on the vengeance is the right word, but he's playing with the party. And then after they complete the mission of killing Lavos, he is gone and he disappears. He you know, yeah. goes back to the, the past. Uh, and, but they wanted to make it that Chrono was actually just dead. Um, <laughs> so it was interesting that they, they didn't go that route. And I honestly, I think it's good. They didn't, um, mm-hmm. because of the fact that as you're saying earlier about Chrono as a character, the main, the silent protagonist who's full of courage. And, um, I mean, when you are in, um, you know, the, the, the future, right. And you go and they, they first find out about Lavos and they play the theme music because Luck essentially asks, what do we want to do here, guys? Right. 
and you have a choice or options of <laughs> your options either to say you're going to go along with it and you, we need to save the world basically or nah I, I, I can't remember the second option because it was irrelevant anyways um, yeah. but as soon as you say yeah there's this theme music that pops because Chrono mm-hmm. is like embracing his role and what he has to do and then that goes on for so, this theme and you're like okay great 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 and then they threw you with this this curveball of him dying yeah and you're left thinking what but it's at that point that you really start to see the character development of the other characters and how they felt about chrono mm-hmm. uh, obviously especially marl right luck is his best friend but you start to see how they are handling life without chrono you get to death's peak right and marl's you know i don't know if you lead with her i generally feel like if you don't lead with her you're kind of committing a sin <laughs> <laughs> but you know it, you you go up onto the down, top of the mountain to get the uh uh the chrono trigger mm. um right the egg i think it's the egg right the time egg. The time yeah egg. it's been yep. a while yep, I, yep. you know no one's played me in a while so bear with me <laughs> um but and um all that you know and, he, and then it comes back it's just a, it's like a full it's like a circle right it comes full circle it's like it's fully this fully fleshed out relational um you know the relationships between these characters it just you just see it in such a way um that you just i don't think you see in other games necessarily so hmm. yes yeah. just, just it made his character that much better i think yeah i i totally agree and i think it makes even the um even the gameplay stronger because up to that point he had to be in your party so he was your strongest character yeah. but then after he dies then you have to have a party without him. Like it's the first, it's kind of jarring as someone, I mean, you know, I don't know if you necessarily would experience this, but I'm sure you would see when someone is playing you just how it it feels a little different. Like, oh, I can't rely on Chrono to kind of take out all these enemies. Like I I need to actually strategize and put together another party that doesn't include him. And then it's that way through the rest of the game. Like even if you do get him back, you're still able to swap him out and, and it becomes more, yeah, like you said, about um, the different characters in the party and not just about, um, not just his characterization. I think it, it, that kind of goes into the whole gameplay of the game as well in that you can develop other triple techs that don't include Chrono. So right, yeah. um, there's there's a lot. That I, it, it's just, again, there were so many, um, there, was, there was so much thought put into this game I, I think it's all these little things that like it it could have so easily just been glossed over but yeah. there are these little things here that are added that make it feel like such a complete experience like like the creators of the game actually thought through everything and it just feels so much better <laughs> i yeah. feel like that's such a lame adjective oh you're right you're right but yeah, it it just all comes together where it could have easily just been like, oh, well, for the next, you know, half an hour, now you don't have Chrono. But it actually forces you to do different things and actually create different synergy between the different characters right. in your party. So You know, and, and speaking of the characters, I think, and, and there's one thing I wish they would have done. Um, I, I think they were, I, I really wish they would have kept him in. So they actually edited out another character they were going to add uh, as okay. a playable character, and it was Gaspar. The Guru of Time. Oh, really? Make him, yeah, they were going to oh, make wow. him. A, they they had him in as a character you could play, like part of the part of the party, and they edited him out later. Uh, and that was like, oh well, that's. I, I feel like role playing games have to have. In this case, you know, it was an exception. It worked out, but you have to have like an old sage player, you know, character. I mean, I know yeah. the Final Fantasy games had it. Uh, I know Six had it. Um, mm-hmm. You know. Uh, so you know, it's just one of those things where it's just the old wise sage is kind of going along with you and giving wisdom yeah. and just adds another element to the backstory of a character and, and just the dynamics and how he relates to the other characters. Um, that, that makes but, me yeah. really curious. So it's like I wonder how uh, Gaspar would have played. I, I just yeah, it's it's like you know, would he have used magic? Like I guess probably would he have been like a, a, a character that uses all forms of magic or yeah, I mean or heck, even it'd be kind of cool to see like Specchio as a character. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. <laughs> that's no, a that playable crazy. With different what forms you have to unlock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which version? <laughs> yeah. Or would it have like a, would he, you know, have to perform a tech that like cycles through the different versions or something? Oh, like, oh, kind of like know, a roulette. Kind of like a, a lottery roulette that they do. Yeah, 
Yeah, yes. that'd be kind of cool. That's probably never would have him in my party in that case. But <laughs> yeah, it'd be like be like the the random uh, fighter in like those in like Tekken. There's the the training dummy, and he what every time like you you pick him, he his fighting style changes to that of a different character. Um, yeah. So it'd just be like every time the like combat kicks up, he's just got a different skill set. Um, you know, that would be horrendous or awesome depending on the implementation probably right. mostly horrendous um i, I <laughs> that's the thing i just wanted to sort of real quick hit on one of the moments and i think like in a lot of ways this moment like for me uh embod- like it sort of captures the the charm of the entire game um mm-hmm. so we've talked about the fact that this game is a time travel game and there's one particular side quest that you can do that I think captures this in the best possible way. And that's the mm-hmm. one where, and it's, it's a fairly simple mission, but I, I think it's just like, the, it's the straight line, but where you go back to, is it 600 and you restore the, the force? Like you've ended the war at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Like you've ended the war between the fiends and the humans. And um, you've sort of sent the fiends packing and this woman, Fiona, and her husband have this cabin and it's in the middle of a desert and you, you go in there and they talk about replanting the desert, but it's such hard work. And, and you go out and you have to, there's like a dungeon that you have to clear out. But then in order to replant this forest that she talks about, you have to leave Robo behind. And yeah, like you, you have to put him in the party. He gets in the party and they're like, well, basically, you know, he spends the next 400 years, like, well, he cultivates the land. He helps him basically replant this forest. And then you come back to him in 1000 and you sort of wake him up. And just that, that whole track, uh, I just, I love that little like sort of like that, that 20 minutes there. Um, the, the moment where uh, Luca or Lucca, um, depending mm-hmm. on how you, but where she, uh, she has the opportunity to change her mom's sort of perspective yes. like, that oh, also is something added in by the way they initially had her just dying oh that's terrifying they, they, wow. made it, they had that press a permanent ending and said they, they were just gonna have her die but they put the option in later to save her to save her yeah exactly. it's, and it's like well i'm glad they did because that's that was <laughs> like i mean like <laughs> I mean, for, for what you're telling me this is sounding like a pretty dark game you know <laughs> like uh it's very well, i'll say this about chrono cross is that when you when they dive into it there's a lot of darkness in that game. I think that even it, it, they 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 extract a lot of that from Chrono Trigger. Um, mm. That they think about the ramifications of time travel, right? In, in a way that even though it may, may may be not well have, excuse me, it might not have been done as well as it could have been. They at least got some things right in how they portrayed like, and even Chrono Trigger did it really well in the sense of like there are effects, you know, to you doing things in the past. Um, changing things in the past that implicate, you know, what, how things are going to be in the future. Um, and so you need to be aware of that. Um, well, I think, I, I think that thing yeah, of choice and consequence is, is always right. present, right. Is especially present in this game. You know, but, I mean, Chrono Trigger, I think even just in your point about, you know, the forest and all that and cultivating it, this is a game that anyone can play. Even environmentalists can play this game and get something out of it. <laughs> I mean, I just, you know, it's how many other games can say that? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, like, you know, you can actually, you, legend, can, you can save the planet, you know, and you can actually accomplish that, yeah. you know, no, yeah, granted, a it's micro a, scale and a macro scale. You're saving the planet, right? Dude? Yeah. So play old games. It's better for the environment. Um, <laughs> but I'll drink to that. <laughs> I just, it, how, how, how do you drink? It's, it's a euphemism. I mean, oh, 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 I take things. <laughs> I, I don't always take things literally. Oh, sorry. I, I I was just gonna ask you what your favorite whiskey was. I happen to be a whiskey guy, but since you don't actually drink, uh, you know, I just no, never mind. 
Hey, listeners. So, uh, you know how we usually say that we are pretty good at being bad at brevity? Uh, well, that happened with this episode as well, as it usually tends to do. Um, but it has caused us to have to change a couple things. And so I have both some good news and some bad news for you. Um, the bad news is that and you may not have already noticed this by, you know, the length of today's episode. It's just that we're going to have to cut this episode off right here. Uh, the, the good news is that the next episode is all recorded. It just needs to, you know, it needs some finishing touches and it'll be out soon. So you'll get the other half of this conversation pretty soon. But for today, uh, the, it, this is all that we've got. This is all that we've got for you with our interview with CT. But don't worry. He's coming back. We have more. It's coming. Just wait. Just calm yourself. Just calm down. It's going to be there. Okay. Till next time. You keep beating down your backlogs. We'll keep breaking down the benefits. See ya!